The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, this week at Calibrated Power, what a blast we've had. Dude, this week has flown by more than any other week. Absolutely. So I wanted to share a quick story with our listeners. Um, I got a really cool call the other day. Somebody actually just phoned in and was like, hey, I've been a longtime listener of the podcast, and I've been thinking about the Stealth 64 for my 5.9 Cummins. Yeah. Um, so we went through, talked about what mods he had, which we're talking about an 06 Cummins, uh, had a built trans, stock fuel, intake, exhaust, put traction bars on it, uh, a few other little things like that, you know, where maybe you didn't need to, but just kind of little stuff along right. the ways. Uh, really proud of his rims and tires. Oh, yeah. I don't know why we were talking about rims and tires. Were they forces, bro? They they were. <laughs> I mean, I take pride in those, too. They're expensive pieces I, of uh, I get it. And I'm sure they look cool. But Absolutely. we were on the phone, and I couldn't see them. But anyways, anyways, we got, we got into talking about his truck. Um, he told me that he was calling in specifically because he had heard us talking about the Cummins Stealth 64 mm-hmm. on the podcast. I just thought that was really cool. So he wanted to drop in turbo. His plans are down the road to actually pretty much mimic your old build. Oh, man, I miss that truck. I miss that truck. I know. I know. Been talking about it a lot this week, right, Rich? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean. I I thought it was just a really cool story. Listeners, if you guys are out there and you're thinking about parts for your truck or anything that that we can talk about your truck with. Or forces. Or forces. Forces. I guess. um, Give us a call, 815-568-7920. We'd love to talk to you guys more about that type of stuff. About the forces. Uh, about your truck. <laughs> I'm just joking, If it guys. happens to have forces, Chris would love to talk with you. His extension is 2126. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, we were really fortunate to have Bill Cutting contact us on the Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook page. He just bought a 2012 Ram. He's been listening to the show, and he had a few questions. He was actually trying to ask us via messenger. We said, no, no, fuck you. We want to talk on the phone. Yes. So. Uh, real quick here, guys, we're going to kick you over, and you get to listen to me and Chris interviewing Bill Cuttings about his 2012 Cummins. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're on the line with Bill. Bill, you had messaged us on Facebook. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate you reaching out. Um, we have you on today to talk a little bit about your 2012 Cummins that you just bought. Is that correct? That's right, man. I, uh, I, I stumbled on you guys, and uh, I've been listening to you for a while now. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot to us. Um, but Bill, so 2012 Cummins, you, you just bought it. First, let's get started. Why'd you get into a diesel or is this your first diesel? Yeah, this is my first diesel. I, um, I, I've always wanted one. I've had friends that had some, uh, I grew up, uh, Southern Utah and a lot of farming, a lot of ranching, a lot of livestock. And so I always knew people that had diesels and, uh, and so I always had, you know, uh, an admiration for him, but I just was a you know poor kid who didn't have any money and uh, and uh, you know couldn't afford anything but a you know a 350 you know 360 Dodge or or Chevy you know growing up. So. Oh yeah, yeah. These damn trucks are so expensive, man. I gotta tell you, it's a different world, isn't it? <laughs> it Looking is. at them, I mean, seventy thousand dollars if you yeah. want something loaded and brand new. That's just crazy. You can buy a fast car. Yeah, no shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy, and uh, you know, so uh, I was always a. a something i want to do when i had a adult money let's say i like and, that uh, you know yeah just looked around and uh stumbled on you guys i when i got sort of into actually looking you know i would always you know browse truck trader when i was ki- a kid or something and 
or just some of the regular apps or, and stuff like that. But I got really serious and I started to, you know, I was like, hey, is there any podcasts out there that, you know, would be helpful? And you guys just came up. And there was another one that came up. But I liked you guys as better uh, just because you guys sounds really professional, you know, the recording and everything like that. So. Thank you. Um, Don't go stroking so, the ego of our producer too much. Rich doesn't actually fucking do anything <laughs> that, over here. That's all he's doing, right, Rich? <laughs> so we um, sold you on buying a Cummins. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, I, Score. I always like <laughs> right. the, uh, the Cummins. I always like the, the Duramax, like uh, Fords, where I come from. They're a little bit less. You know, it's the, the great Ford Chevy debate, so I was always a uh, Chevy household. So, um, But uh, anyone knew that... It, all the ones that I had exposure to ex- were, were Cummins is because they were all, you know, like I said, livestock pullers and things like that. And Cummins tends to be a little bit more of the workhorse, you know, just just from back in the first generations. You know, they were around before the Duramax and everything like that. So Absolutely. all my farm friends had a Cummins, and that's so uh, that's what I wanted. But I do like that. I looked at a, a few Cummins or a few uh, uh, Duramaxes, and. Uh, uh, just this one, you know, came in. I wanted to dodge when it came down to it. So now, really quick, Bill, wh- where exactly are you located? I'm in Cedar City, Utah. Okay, okay. So that's like two hours north of Vegas, sort of, you know, smaller town. Uh, you know, thirty thousand people, I guess. That's not that small, but it was small, especially when I was growing up. And that's uh, that's where that's where I'm out of. So are now, guys, hold on, ahead. now it makes sense. It took you a while to get a Cummins because you only live a couple hours from Vegas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Man, well, actually, thing. I work in Vegas now. Like, oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot more uh, fans down there too. But uh, there's a lot more things you get in trouble. So I, I come oh, back on the weekend so I don't get in trouble. There you go, smart man. <laughs> smart man. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Okay, so you got into a 2012 Cummins, uh, doing some commuting with it. It sounds like. Are you starting to get into some elevation there in, in Southern Utah? Yeah, we're at about fifty-five, and then uh, we have uh, we have a cabin up Cedar Mountain up here, and so that's about eighty-five. Oh, so wow. we're you know it, it'd be driven from Vegas, which is I don't know thirty or twenty-five something, and uh, so uh, it'll be driven from Vegas all the way up there. It won't be driven to Vegas too much, but um, so it's it's mostly for me weekend warrior type of stuff. But I do need it reliable so I can drive to Vegas when it storms or I. I'd like to take it there once a month just because I like the comfort and the drive of the, the darn thing. You know, pulling up a hill, never shifting out of six gear. I like that for commuting, too. So. <laughs> All right. Um, so mostly just daily driving. Do you tow anything with it? I'm going to be towing uh, a little bit. My dad's, uh, my dad's got a Kubota tractor that we take up to our cabin, and we work on the roads with it. Okay. And so I'll be towing that, you know, a couple times a year, three times a year, and we're looking to get uh, one of the reasons too. We're looking at diesel is just you know they're made for the road and they're made for to, to pull. So uh, we're looking at getting a, a toy hauler. Maybe we got four wheelers, we got quads, we got motorcycles and everything like that. So I'm looking to get some kind of a toy hauler, not too huge. I mean, not some of these ones that you see, you know, size of a Greyhound bus, but uh, <laughs> just you know something will get our toys around with us. You know, maybe to some of these national parks we have around here. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay, a real all-American, four-wheelers <laughs> and everything. Right, it's like, yeah, the, the whitest white guy you know, <laughs> all <the> town. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
awesome. So. I dig it. You wouldn't believe how common of a conversation this is for Chris and I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the Midwest, right? Yeah, you guys yeah. don't have any of those guys around there. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Working at Calibrated Power, dealing with Cummins and Cummins tuning every day. Uh, this is pretty standard for us. Obviously, we're going to be getting into kind of what our recommendations are, but first, we always want to know about what your, your goals are. So what would you like to see improve with the truck? What are your goals for the truck? What did you already have in mind when you got this thing? Uh, yeah, so just, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I grew up down here, and a couple of friends had some, and I, I, I mean, the first thing that bites all of us is the power, right? I mean, uh, when I was... I uh, my dad's kind of an old school guy. He was always sort of a Chevy 350 type of a half ton type of a guy, and uh, he came from the old school where like diesels were clunky and cold blooded, and you know uh, didn't have any power and just stunk. And he didn't he didn't like diesels and anything. And so I sort of had I didn't know anything about him just because we never had any exposure. But I said a couple of my farm friends had had some uh, specifically a first generation like uh, manual you know back oh, of the old yeah. body style and everything and <laughs> had with the p-pump and everything like that and he when i got bit with the power bug we were just we you know used to drag main street you know back for cell phones and facebook and everything and uh <laughs> he was blowing these cars off the you know i was, I was driving with him and, and he was drag racing a little bit i mean as much as you can do down our main street and he was just blowing these like uh friends of mine's brothers sports cars you know what i mean like a camaro where he was just he would leave them in the dust man i was like this thing is a rocket ship you know <laughs> like you feel that press that where it presses you back in the seat you know that just that torque man. and uh so i got i i got you know i love the power but uh, also you know like i said they're made to travel they're made to just putt down the road forever and uh uh, I just like to see the longevity. That was one of the big ones for me. I, I have, uh, I'm coming from a 2001 half ton Dodge 360, you know, and, uh, and that thing, uh, Chris, did you just bite into a lemon over there or was that just the sourpuss <laughs> face you make when you hear somebody like, say I'm 360 half ton? I'm just sitting there like, dude, you're just like a flashback to my youth, like first yeah. gens, leaving people in the dust, P pump 12 valves. Like that's all my shit. Heck yeah, and then sorry. you're like, oh, I had a gas half ton, and I was like, oh, he's about to say a 5.3 Chevy, and then you say Dodge. I'm like, what the fuck was yep. he thinking? <laughs> you know, but, you know, we all make mistakes. I had a gas yeah. Durango at one time, too. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, my, there's my, my lemon. My had a, yeah. a 400 small block a GMC, like an 84, and that thing was, you know, Hot. back when, you know, uh, dual exhaust and chrome rims and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that's right in my neighborhood. I do I do miss the days where dual exhaust just automatically equated to speed. When I when he <laughs> yeah, said, like my granddam's got dual exhaust, you know it's fast, bro. When he said chrome exactly. rims and dual exhaust, I was thinking of a donk. Yes. You know, like being, yes, we're, we're by Chicago, so we see like yes. you know, Caprices or even fifteen hundred Dodges with like twenty fours <laughs> and I don't know why I was thinking that. I'm sorry. Playing. You know he had an American flag on the tailgate bar. Because he's an American. Right. <laughs> Dude, hold on, hold on. Was it an Eagle sticker? A bald eagle sticker, American flag sticker, or a tribal sticker on the truck? Man, I had a Budweiser sticker. Oh, That's American as fuck. That is American. Yeah. <laughs> my dad my dad works for Anheuser-Busch. He drives for uh, someone down here, and so I, I took one of the magnets off of... Uh, off of one of the refrigerators they had down at their shop and put it on the back. You know, I, I'd keep it in the in the in the uh, cab, and then you know, after I got a block outside my uh, from my house, I'd, I'd pull over and put it on so my parents didn't see it. But oh, yeah. yeah, I was <laughs> rocking the Budweiser sticker. I love it. I love it. 
All right, all right. So now, now you're in a classy truck. Well, with the Budweiser sticker, a, a more classy truck because it's still a Cummins. <laughs> Not yet. Right, Not yet. right. It's hey, still a Cummins. They're classy. They're, they're nice rides. They're nice. They're not classy. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> Paul. So, Bill. You know, going back to it, what are some of the goals? Like, you know, you bought the truck. Whenever I buy a new vehicle, I always think, okay, I'm going to do A, B, C, D. You know, two, three years from now, this is the end result. So, you know, you've had some seat time in the truck. What are your future goals with the truck? Where do you want it to be in a couple of years? Yeah, so I, I want to get a ton of miles out of it. Like I, I was saying with my, with my 360, I kept it for 15 years, you know what I mean, 2003. And I still have it. I'm just going to sell it. But uh and so I like to keep stuff. I'm not a guy who buys and trades them. You know, I got a, a buddy who's got a new diesel truck every two years. I can't afford that. I don't have the, 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 the time or the resources for that. And so uh, I, when I buy something, I really research it a lot, and then I buy, you know, something that's going to last me. So that's what I like to get out of it, and plus, you know, always the power, you know what I mean? So I'm just looking to shore it up, and then, hey, I'm not, I'm not uh, risk-averse to a little bit of power added, you know what I mean? So just a little bit of that, and it's just driving that thing down the road i love it okay so you want to keep it reliable you want to be able to blow the doors off mustangs and camaros (laughs) you you want to be able to tow with it you got to run it at elevation and i'd assume that we don't just have an unlimited budget otherwise we'd be in a 17 laramie right yeah right and we learned Uh, yeah absolutely that that's where we're at and uh you know just a regular you know working man you know save up on the i got the uh online you know, savings account that I toss a couple of bucks in every paycheck, you know, just for regular repairs. And let's face it, you know, when it gets up there a little bit, you just drain it all on something cool. So, (laughs) you know, something like that for sure. Bill, the all-American man with no commitment issues. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you're not married, you're going to be by the end of this podcast. All right. right. All right. So your trucks currently still have the emissions equipment on it. Now the 2007 and a half to 2010, Right, Chris? CMDs? Uh, or CMCs, well, that's CMC, I mean? CMC, that's right. nine. CMCs, and a nine. 10 to and then, 12. And then is, 10 to 12. Yeah. Okay. So yep. the first generation emissions equipment, we probably would have some different recommendations than what we're going to make for you. Just for our, right. all of our listeners' sake, um, that first generation did have quite a few reliability issues. So if you're buying a used one these days and you're probably, any, I don't know, anything over 100,000 miles, which is pretty normal for them. Yep. We might we might have some different recommendations of where you should go with that. The sure. 2010 and newer, that's the first generation that they introduced DEF, so no, diesel no, exhaust they fluid. No, don't have DEF. Paul. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing podcast. my mind with Duramax here. So 10 to 12 do not <laughs> have DEF. They have an improved EGR right? Okay, right. and a different uh, DPF filter. I'm, I'm not talking. Sorry. Uh, is this better? That's better. Rich, our producer, doesn't like how I talk, so sorry about that, Bill. <laughs> no problem. So, yeah, so it improved from the 07 and a half to 9, okay? Um, yep. We've had a ton of customers that we've ran some pretty good numbers horsepower-wise, and they're proven to be extremely reliable, even with miles. So, you know, are, are you opposed to keeping the emissions on? Do you want to? Do you not? Like, what, what are you looking I, you to know, do with I'm it? from – I've listened to you guys enough to know that you can get, you can get just as much, uh, you know, keeping it on. You know, of course, I live – here in southern utah there's no emissions requirements so the first thing anybody that you talk to says ah rip all that stuff off man let that thing breathe and tune it up but you know i i feel like you know even though the epa forces this kind of stuff you know they some some fairly large amount of thought goes into you know these systems and everything even though some of them have fail points and i'm i'm not opposed to leaving it on for as long as it'll function you know what i mean like then if you you start getting into new deep 
DPF filter or whatever like that, and it's almost as much or more to, right. to get a new one than to just rip it off, then I might go the other way, you know, because we don't have, there's no penalty for us here, and there's a ton of people that'll do it. I mean, but uh, so I'm sort of in both camps, you know. Hey, uh, let's 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 make it run while it's got the stuff, and uh, you know, let's let's crank the power on it if we if we get a little bit of time and money, you know. So. I I think what you brought up is something that we get asked frequently i know i get asked at least two or three times a day oh yeah oh emissions equipment it's gonna <laughs> fail well yes it right. is technically a moving part it works yep. uh be the same as an injector failing a turbo or even a water pump which pretty much every vehicle we know of has a water pump you know they, they fail right uh, it's not if it's when you know but uh so you're you're not opposed to removing the emissions you know maybe keep emissions on we can you know yeah. do some tuning on the truck because that's definitely the most bang for your buck on a bone stock truck. Well, you know, I think this is a good time to talk, Chris, about when we recommend situations for when you can run the emissions equipment. So you're at you're at a pretty good elevation. It's not the top of the country, but but you're getting up there, right? Yep. You're mile high. Yep. Um but you're you're running long distances in the truck from what it sounds like right. the majority of the time when you're in it, which is actually really good for your emissions equipment health. Uh, right. Idle, yeah, yeah. stop and go traffic, yep. that type of stuff, that tends to wear on your DPF a lot more. One of the reasons being is your DPF can't go into regen if you're under a certain mile per hour. Generally, we find it's like 24, 30 miles an hour right in there. You will not be in regen under that speed. So right. if you're constantly sitting under that speed, you're still building some sort of soot, that's a problem. Uh, for guys who are driving on the highway, especially guys who are towing, we find really, really good results with running it with the emissions equipment. Oh, I've dealt with some hot shotters, you know, some of our customers that have had several hundred thousand miles on their trucks. On one DPF. One DPF, one EGR system. They've had yeah. tuning on their truck for a very long time, but they drive the truck the way it was designed. Right. Does that mean yep. that you can't go out and blow the doors off some ricer? Uh, no, of course you can, you know, because, hey. <laughs> yeah. You right. want to bring up the wing over here, Chris? Hey, um, not today. <laughs> so, so anyway, so you, you can go out and have some fun in the truck and go have a weekend with the old lady in town and do some in-town driving. The, the truck's not just useless in town. You just simply need to keep in mind about once every tank of fuel, it needs to regen. Yeah. Uh, right. So, so we see some different things with that, you know. And again, that's why towing helps a lot because you'll operate at a higher exhaust gas temperature throughout the your period of travel, and that'll help burn off some of the soot without having to dose extra fuel. Absolutely. Uh, right. These trucks don't have a ninth injector, so they spray fuel when the piston is at the downstroke instead of the top dead center. It's bottom dead center, right? So this way, the fuel leaks through the exhaust and heats the exhaust. Well. Heats the DOC, which heats the DPF, right? But whatever. Now, is that is that only when it's in regen, or does it do it all the time? Like it, inject it the, does that you know I mean? when it goes into a regen? So when it, it goes into to an a, active regen, right? An active regen. Oh, right. So your truck has a passive regen, which uh, essentially allows for some burning of soot in the DPF. Yeah, that's more what I was describing. Right. While you're and towing then, in higher temperatures, right. without and when dosing it goes fuel. into its active regen, that's mm -hmm. when it's dosing added fuel to keep things hot. And what we've noticed is that if we tune the truck, that's always the other big question, isn't it? Like, well, if you turn the power up it must go into regen more frequently well because it's burning more right. fuel causing a dirtier burn right right so this is this is the logic out there okay but but it's flawed logic because when we see deleted trucks that are tuned properly there's no smoke right you maybe get a little right. puff of smoke when it takes off and that that's all you're ever going to see so it works a very similar way when we put a filter on it if there's nothing there for the filter to plug up with there's not a problem. Smoke does not equal horsepower. Right. So we can add horsepower without adding the smoke. And that's one of the reasons Chris and I were able to go out and do the review on the 2015 Cummins with twin turbos at 500 and what, what is it, Chris? 640, Five, man. There you 640. go, 640. 
It, it makes a little bit of ponies. We don't yeah, even you notice talk to anymore. Nick like every day. You don't even know what his truck makes. You know, yeah, because I know how it felt on the road, and I don't want yeah, to admit to him ass. how awesome it is. I just oh, want him to give me the keys more. <laughs> like if he knows I enjoy it this much, he'll never let me drive it again. You know, one of the things, you know, uh, you know, Bill, it seems like you're the type of individual that really takes pride in what he owns. You take care of the truck. You're not out there beating the living crap out of the truck. So, you know, a yeah. lot of guys, they'll ask, you know, well, you know, will my truck go into more frequent regen cycles? Am I going to call for more soot to build up in the DPF? And a lot of the guys don't like what I have to say because it's all about the driving style. You know, I joke around. And I say, well, did you buy the truck? And they're like, you know, some guys, they get a little apprehensive because maybe they didn't. And if you didn't, hey, you know, better you than me, man. I wish I could be on your level. Honest to God. Right. But you know what? If you if you buy the truck or you pay for the truck yourself, you pay for the parts, you pay to repair it, you're probably going to be a little easier on the truck than, you know, the next guy who had a fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 truck given or purchased for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if, if I had to own Nick's truck, I would be a lot nicer to it than exactly. I am with how but, I drive it. But those guys are the ones that, <laughs> right. oh, my truck isn't getting the fuel economy that, you know, I thought I was going to get. Or, right. you know, right. oh, I'm going through some pretty excessive regen cycles. And it's it's not the tune causing that because the truck was going through those regen cycles before the tune was ever put on there. Yep. So you never want to give those people the, the wrong, you know, uh, idea of what their end result might be. Sure. Um, right. And I think, Bill, I think you had mentioned fuel mileage. That's another topic we always get on when we start talking about tuning. Um, Yeah, they, you know, it's, uh, and it has 35s, you know what I mean? And I, I, uh, you know, I get that too. Like if you had a smaller tire, but, you know, it looks better and, you know, everything with 35s. And I think diesels are among the only ones that can actually pull off bigger tires and rims and not lose a ton of power, you know? Absolutely. You drive some of those. I, I've driven some of those really lifted ones with like a you know thirty eight inch tires and I mean my four cylinder Kia can get up and go better than that <laughs> thing you know what I mean so it's all about the aesthetic sometimes with that but I feel I can get the best best of both worlds with with the diesel but you know it comes with a little bit of, but I'm I'm getting you know fourteen fifteen you know pushing thirty fives with a headwind in on the highway a little you know and that's not the greatest you could ever get. But it ain't bad, you know. The one that I'm driving now, my my or the old one, 360. It, I was saying, it was, it was 10, better than a gasser. It was doing 12, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Stock tires. And for a heavy truck with a ton of power, it's like, what do you expect? You know what I mean? Like you're gonna burn some fuel, but uh, sure. Anyway, you know, if we could improve it a little bit, I, I I know that everyone talks about you know this awesome tune with like they got 30 miles to the gallon or 25 miles to the gallon or something <laughs> like that, you know, okay, whatever. But uh, you know, a few miles a gallons, okay. Or, 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 uh, you know, more realistic. So, you know, I, I get you get a little bit more power. You get better gas mileage in some situations. Is this a, what's the cab configuration on this cabin bed? It's a mega, mega cab with a short bed. Gotcha. Or not a mega cab. I'm sorry. It's a, it's just a regular crew. Just okay. four, so it's four doors, but not the mega cab. Love it. Okay, short bed. Yeah. Four-door short bed on 35s. Uh, about the best I've seen clocked with a tune, high teens, low 20. Mm-hmm. I really don't see any trucks with nope. this weight or yeah. this class get above that. But down in the low teens on the highway, that's stock. You, you know, that's right. just what it is stock. Absolutely. That's what happens when you have a dead pedal and, and the stock calibration. Yeah. Now, you got to give it to GM. The stock calibration, it's a, you're it's a totally ram. safe. It's a ram. What's that? It's a Ram. <laughs> what did I say it was? You said GM. Oh, you God. got GM on the mind. I just have Duramax just to, embedded in my brain today, guys. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, Bill. Yes. Sorry, Bill. It's all good. I know what you meant, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie move. Rookie move. It's This is my first podcast. Um, 
<laughs> okay, so so with your RAM, I would say that it's pretty normal for guys, like I was saying, to, to get up into those teens. Obviously, when you're towing, it's a different world. Towing Absolutely. mileage is going to be a lot more about what you have hooked on the trailer than what we did with the tune, right? Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Cummins, RAM, uh, whatnot. You got to give it to them. Their calibration is built so that you could do anything with the truck and it's not going to break down. Right, so they didn't give you too much power to put a trailer on and run up a hill. They didn't give you too little power to be able to pull that trailer around the curve. Um, you know, they they gave yeah. you a nice safe calibration with a tune. What we're going to do is we're going to dial in the purpose of the truck, right? Right. So if you're towing, we want a little bit more power, but we want it at the appropriate usage of the truck. So we don't want to give you all the power right down low and then have the same top end power, right? So we want to move that around for where you use it when you're towing. Same thing when we get into a sport economy tune. We want to see the truck operate more efficiently. We want to see it get into overdrive quicker, but we don't want to sacrifice drivability. Mm -hmm. So that's usually where we find that best balance between fuel mileage, fun, reliability, you know? Cool. And then the race tune is just pushing it out. Listening to you guys, uh, too, like I have a new appreciation for the transmission tune as well. Like you talk about the dead pedal, like, you know, and it's true. It shifts through those gears so fast. I'm like, hey, you know, hang on to that gear a little bit so, until we get into fourth. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what I'm expecting out of it, too. Just a little bit, you know, uh, that's awesome. That's that's great recommendation. Well, especially in a truck like yours where you're on 35s and you're on you're still on a stock trans calibration. I mean, right. that trans is just lugging that engine down to a, a point where the, the truck is becoming a load itself under its own weight. Yeah. You know? right. So improving the shift schedule, uh, you know, and the converter lockup strategy, there's no reason why we should be doing 35, 40 miles an hour in, in sixth gear with the converter locked up. You know? <laughs> and speaking of, guys, I think this is a great time to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Calibrated Power. MM3 Tuning is what we're talking about here today. Uh, available for your 98.5 to 2016 Cummins. 17. Sorry, 17 Cummins. I've lost my mind. Thank you, Chris. No worries. Uh, give me a few features about the TCM tuning, Chris. What, what uh, does it make an impact on? Uh, depending on the application, you know, we can apply higher line pressures, uh, different shift scheduling, converter lockup strategy. Uh, we can tune the trains to work around some bigger tire sizes and whatnot as well. So, you know, the transmission side, there's a lot of gains to be had, to say the least. Absolutely. So in today's episode, we've been talking about all the things you can do for your 2012 Cummins. One of those uh, on your list, and obviously on our guest list today, Bill, uh, is going to be MM3 Tuning. So thanks to Calibrated Power for providing that and sponsoring the show. We are available at 815-568-7920. All right, and so, Bill, I'm done paying the bills over here. Uh, Let's get back on pace. So, obviously, we were talking about engine tuning. I was kind of describing everything we could. Chris and I uh, discussing a little bit about TCM tuning and addressing shift strategy. It's not TCM. They don't have a TCM. It's transmission tuning. Transmission tuning. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you, Chris. Hey, I'm, just, I'm just all about correcting you. You're really ball. on it today. Like, I am on a really. roll. I'm going to keep it rolling out. Your face is getting red. First Love fucking it. day this guy's ever Love been on his A game, and it's while we're recording. <laughs> Wonderful. No. Um, that, dude, that dude on Facebook who corrects when you you know don't use an apostrophe or something like that. You know, I'm the one. He thing. corrects me. He corrects me. All right? Like, let's not even go there. I can't even spell words for crying out loud. He's the one that corrects everything. Like, what the hell is this? Is it a five-year-old write it? Yes, Paul. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I guess I earned this today. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bill, we got your 
your recommendations pretty much just getting started here. So we're starting off with tuning. Obviously, like we just discussed, that'd be the MM3 programmer that gives you your digital gauges. It's touchscreen, switch on the fly. It's everything you're going to need. Has your transmission tuning for yes. your 68 RFE and five yep. tunes for switch on the fly, which we just went over. Yep. Uh, Chris, what else should he do to his truck based on how he's using it? I mean... I take the subtle approach. Less is more in some aspects. So a truck like this, we know that the factory airbox can flow the air to support the power level. It's not really a choking point. True story. But most guys want to hear the turbocharger more. Okay. Also true story. So <laughs> an airbox, if you're after that, because the trucks are quieter due to the factory exhaust system. So you know, if you want to be driving in the cab and hear the turbo come up on spool up, then you know a cold air intake would make sense. I also think they're a little bit easier on maintenance. It's nice. They are. I like the SMBs. You can see in them and Absolutely. whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure right. you do go with a dry filter. Oiled filters will pull oil through the filter, clog up your mass airflow, um, have all sorts of issues. Oh yeah, yeah. we don't want that. So, all right. So dry filter, if you're going to go with an intake, we got an intake on it. Um, you know, Chris, these 68s, they are really nice once they're tuned, but long-term, especially somebody who wants to hang on their truck for a minimum of 15 years, it sounds like, right, right. Um, I would say strongly consider the 68 high pressure valve body kit. Yeah. I mean, if we're, we're talking, it's a low budget, you know, part, you know, Cheap. it's 140 bucks. It's not like it's, oh, yeah. you know, super expensive. You're going to have more tied up into the labor side of it. If you have a shop, do the install. For sure. Um, right. The high pressure kit essentially allows us to eliminate one of the check valves or the check ball in the valve body itself, uh, which generally relieves pressure at about 175 to 180 PSI line pressure. So the high pressure valve body kit will allow us to maintain a higher line pressure, therefore better clutch coupling, uh, better, you know, converter lockup, you know, if you will. Um, so it, it's just, it, it's an insurance, you know, well, line pressure has to build up for, yeah, yeah. you know, those yeah, take yeah. place. So, um, you know, it's just, it, it's a nice cheap add on, uh, for, for what it's actually going to get you in return. Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a similar feel to just having a firmer shift point, yep. you know, having that in there. And, and the increased uh, clutch holding capacity, theory being, is that it's going to help lengthen the life of the trans. Now, nobody's ever done any longevity double NATO testing yep. to prove that, but right. it does make a lot of logical sense of why we use it. And like Chris said, for 140 bucks, you're not going to find a more affordable part to help improve or make such an impact on your drive. Yeah. Uh, what, so, what are we looking at labor-wise on that kind of thing? I got a good guy here in Cedar, Joe Mower, who uh, he's taking. He's a real honest dude, and uh, he, you know, uh, I'd have him do it for sure. Because once you start getting in that trannies, that's where I'm out. That's where I go. Like I have no idea what world we're getting into with this thing. But uh, <laughs> you, you and me both. I mean, there's maybe a it's all the little you know, the crannies that they cut in those things, you know, but uh, <laughs> holy cow. But uh, yeah, so what are we looking at labor-wise? Put that baby in. I mean, there's a couple routes you can go. So if you did the high-pressure kit, yes, it is going to require you to modify the factory valve body. You're looking at about six hours is generally somewhere in the ballpark of what we would Pretty you know, be, six be charging in-house. Six yeah. to eight hours. Okay. Now, the flip side of that is there are other companies out there that do offer pre-modified valve bodies, which would now eliminate you having to modify your own. You know, yes, it's more expensive, but it's going to be less on labor to modify. So that's another thing that, you know, you could potentially look into. Yeah, I don't know what they price out at, but I have heard quite right. a bit about them, you quite know, a bit of good. On your year truck, it's very straightforward to just do the high-pressure kit. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's the labor side that will get you. The one thing to look out for when you're doing one of those high-pressure kits is 
there's some different solenoid packs that come in those transmissions, and it's supposed to be based on the year. And his year is a straight... The, the supposed to. I ran into a 12 two months ago that had them swapped, like the newer ones, where really? they told us that wasn't possible. What? I have run into these solenoids being swapped. So the instructions when you buy one of those kits will let you know about the white and the gray solenoid pack. And anybody who's done this wrong or not read the whole instruction... Uh, had to get a new transmission. Um, anybody who's read it understands it's pretty simple once you open it up and you're looking at it. Follow the instructions. If you have the chance to upgrade to the dual solenoid solenoid pack, just do it. It, it is a little pricey. It adds about 300 bucks. I want to say, if you buy the solenoid pack from Cummins. Uh, but it is, it, it's less drilling and it's just a, a more appropriate way to do the job. Mm-hmm. So keep Money an eye on it. it. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Have them just double check the solenoid pack that it matches up for the year that, that they were expecting in your truck. But I have seen them flipped around. It actually caused oh. quite a bit of confusion for me I, the other, yeah, like I said, about I two months ago. I didn't know that ago. they did that. On, I didn't know you ran into that on the 12. Yeah, on the 12 and flipped on the 15, which they also told yep. me wasn't possible. Yeah, so I, I have had it happen both ways now. My general practice is, is if you have a late 15 to 17, I just tell guys to go get a valve body. True. And I tell them, I'm not trying to sell you on something. I don't even do business with these companies. Just go to them direct. Yeah. It's going to save you a headache. You know, yeah, so absolutely. want to think about their end goal when it's all said and done and what's going to be easiest. Chris, what about a lift pump for them? You know, so unlike the Chevys, Dodges do have lift pumps in the tank. Mm-hmm. So in theory, it will last. Uh, at the same time, the, the factory fuel filter does take a beating. Right. So driving over the road, a lot of highway driving, you're not necessarily getting the same quality fuels. You're probably not stopping at the same station frequently. So I, I think a lift pump's a home run, especially for what it costs. You know, I mean, you're going to have a couple hours into the labor side, but, you know, for someone such as Bill, who's keeping the truck for years and planning on racking up some serious miles on it, it's a no-brainer. It's insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you on these. Um, we don't see the same type of failures on these trucks with our high-pressure fuel system that nope. we do on the Duramax in the same year. Absolutely not. Um, and obviously, everything in the world is much more reliable than a Ford of the same year. Not true, There's, actually. Um, so essentially, those lift pumps, right, like, don't uh, those are ex, you would, those are sort of inline, like, they're not in the, they're not replacing the stock one, like you said, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the tank, you're, it's it's sort of like along one of the rails or something, right? Uh, yes and no. So what it's actually going to happen is you're going to disconnect the power going to the pump in the tank, and then you're going to have the fast pump, which is going to run on your frame rail, and that's going to basically pull fuel from the tank, and then it disperses that fuel to your CP3. Um, okay. So th- okay. where the lift pump or the fast is going to be, that's going to be considered your low-pressure fuel system. And then as it feeds fuel to the CP3, it converts it into a high pressure. So uh, we're going from like 8 to 10 PSI uh, to anywhere from f- the high pressure side being from anywhere from five, 6,000 all the way up to, you know, 26, 27,000 PSI. Um, so it, essentially the lift pump is going to add better insurance for uh, lifespan of the CP3. It takes part of the workload off the CP3. Uh, the lift pump is also going to add better fuel filtration, water separation, and separate the air out of the equation. So you're getting fresh diesel fuel into the high pressure fuel side. Nice. And that pretty much wraps up the build as far as like a stock truck that just wants the basics to get to that low to mid 400 horsepower range. What we've gone through so far, uh, the tuner, the intake, the valve body, the lift pump, you're you're pretty well taken care of. I mean, that's a reliable, that's a very reliable 450, 460 rear wheel horsepower truck. All day, every day. I mean, you could even go up a little bit more and push the factory turbocharger, but... 
I mean, I always joke around with God. I mean, we're, we're talking 30, 40 horsepower when we're talking reliability. If you want to get to that next step, now we're talking a turbo. So it's a really nice, well-rounded truck that uh, will deliver exactly, you know, what your needs are, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds sounds good. And it's, uh, you know, coming from a from a regular gas truck, you know what I mean? I'm already tickled when I, th- when I put, on the, put the gas pedal down. So, you know, uh, but, you know, things, you know, shine goes off the road a little bit you know after you've been driving a little so that that's cool it'll you'll increase it that much because i think stock what are they like 375 380 something like that that's what they're rated that's the rating generally rear wheel horsepower what we've seen here at calibrated power is around 330 to 340 to the rear tire right so yeah i mean it's awesome now but sure that's going to give me you know a pretty good boost, you know. Uh, oh, it'll after, feel like a whole new truck. Absolutely. Right. Just, that, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. That's and it's awesome. not just the horsepower that I want to, you know, uh, touch on. It's the transmission itself. That trans, just the trans tuning alone, it's going to feel like a completely different truck. You could add all the power in the world to your truck now, but with the way the transmission's shifting, the trans is going to, you know, lose a lot of that power. It's going to disguise a lot of that power in its shifting habits. Yeah, we've right. actually got, got a couple of really cool dynographs over at Calibrated Power of a rolling dynograph with and without TCM tuning, and you can see the applicable horsepower on a stock truck with and without the TCM tuning applied. So where you're actually putting the horsepower down and using the horsepower. And I think what we're what we're overall kind of trying to address here is your windshield experience. What does it feel sitting yeah. in the driver's seat? You know, it, right now, like you said, well, there's always a smile on my face. I came from a, a 360 Dodge <laughs> gas truck. Of course there is. Like, That's ridiculous. Of yeah. course, right? Like, the, of course you got this big grin and smile, but it wears. It wears right. away quickly. And once you start to notice the problems, all of us diesel guys, all of us car guys, we all kind of tend to harp on that problem. And you eventually, you're going to do this this tune or this stage one package or this kind of entry level, you, you know, yeah. um, list here. And then after a while, like, it, you're going to go back to that being used to it. And that's what we're going to it, it is. Yep. It is. It, yeah. it never yeah. ends. But the cool <laughs> thing is we also have a plan for you on that one, which we're not going to spend too much time here, Chris. I just want to give him right. a quick rundown. What should he do to his trans if he does want to go to the next level after this? Oh, so, I mean, you know, we have the stage one, as I would call it, out of the way. You know, if you were to start talking about a turbocharger upgrade, now I'm going to combine that with a torque converter. Um, this is a build that, again, we are very familiar with going back to our 2015. Um, you know, the factory 68s are fairly stout to a degree. So if you're going to upgrade turbocharger, doing an upgraded like triple disc torque converter, uh, those are really the only two things. I would say uh, fuel race valve, so a, 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 really a valve, plug, yeah. especially once you get north of the 500 horse, it's a necessity. That's a cheap part, Bill. It's like 50 bucks. It goes in the driver's side uh, front of the fuel rail. Um, so it's a fairly simple modification, and it's basically to assure that we hold rail pressure at the, the higher fuel pressure demands. Turbo torque converter. That's really a tune upgrade, and, and yeah. that's... I mean, and now we're talking 550 to 600 to the rear tire with factory emissions equipment, good drivability, quiet truck, low smoke output, emissions equipment still operating as if it did in factory form, if not better. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, the turbo you're on. referencing there is uh, the Stealth 64, we do, the 6.7 liter. We, we got do, that at, at we, calibrated. Yeah, we There's some other the, options out there you can consider as well. We do have the Stealth right. 64 for the 2000 up to the 12s. Yep. Or, you know, it's the compound turbo setups. I mean, you're, you're kind of limited in turbocharger application if you're still utilizing the emissions because any of the aftermarket turbos you're going to go with, you're going to have to make sure it's a variable geometry turbo yep. or you're utilizing the factory variable geometry turbo with a bigger atmospheric over it. Yeah. 
which so we're testing the first kit out there for those. We are. We are. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, hypothetical just for a second. Let's say some, you know, redneck kid down here wants to rip uh, that uh, mission stuff off. Uh, say it fails. It's just you know, wild. It's never going to happen, but let's just say. Um, uh, would you guys recommend getting retuned after that? You know what I mean? Like You would, you or, have, to. You would have to. The truck will not run. It yeah. would be in what you call a reduced power or a limp mode. So the truck uh, has to be retuned to eliminate or to remove the uh, pieces of equipment that are no longer on the truck. Yeah. Right. So uh, the 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 stock emissions tune that you guys would give, you know, if, if that ever came off, then how would we do it? Would I send it, would I just holler at you and it'd be a, you know, is it, is it a simple thing? Is it one setting type of a deal or do you have to go through the whole, you know, almost a completely different type of a tune for the, for the truck, for even the power side? Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about it in two ways here, right? So if you're just a general person and you bought your tuner from just anybody and it was mm-hmm. set up for emissions equipped, whether it was a bully dog program or a box programmer or whether it was an EFI live tuner, whether it was an MM3 tune, you yeah. would then have to go back to your tuner and discuss what your options are. So some tuners do offer both emissions equipped and deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, tuners like us at Calibrated Power, we do not provide deleted tunes. Right. Okay. Um, so there's some there's some different options and opportunities there. Of course, we can refer you to the guys that are going to be able to help you out for the least impact to you. As far as how does the process work, it's literally an email process. So you're going to email your stock read to a tuner, and a tuner is going to build a tune for your modifications. It'd be the same ah. thing if you got a tune. Like I've, we used to have it happen with the EFI Live all the time, Chris. They get a tune from somebody local, not really like how the truck drove. They want to come back. They want to buy new tunes from me. We'd have to sit down and have that conversation like, hey, we're not all representatives of EFI Live or of MM3 selling you a tune. We're custom tuners. So each one of us is our own silo. So if you buy from one of us and then you want to go to another one, that's like changing your pair of shoes. You, you can't get Adidas to pay for you to go buy Nikes. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> kind, of, kind of the same thing when it comes down to tuning. So that's really how it works. Um, you know, you always want to make sure you have a long-term plan in mind and you want to make sure you have your backups. So I definitely appreciate sure. you asking. Uh, there are some solutions, like I said, about referring you to the right people to make sure that you get what you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, hey, let's make it work the way it is. I don't want to be spending money just to throw it out. Sure. Uh, you know, until until you know, I get the harder stuff, I guess. But um, yeah, but even then, it's for a lot of power, right? So it's not for nothing. But um, you know, I I if if it fails, you know that that's the camp I'm in. Is if it fails and it costs less to rip it off and you know and do it that way, then I'm just going to rip it off. You know, there's no one's ever going to test it here. I got um, no lies, man. If it's cheaper to delete it, it's hard to tell you not to. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I get one it. One of those things where, and you know, it's a fail point. You know, it, it's one of those things on your old, you know, on your old vehicles. It's like, uh, is it uh, making any of the gauge? Is the oil pressure good? Is the voltage good? Okay, well, I don't know if it's uh, doesn't help it go down the road. It just, uh, you know, passes a test and rip it off, especially when we got no test. So. Right. I hear you. Well, yeah. Bill, I think that's all of our recommendations for you right now. What other questions do you have about your truck? Oh, so just one more thing, going back to the air intake. So the the kid who had who had it before me, and I want to shout out to him, Zach Davey, he, if he ever hears this, um, he took, I mean, tip-top care of this thing. And, you know, I, and I just wanted to mention really fast, too, that I, that I used two of you guys' episodes. Uh, so I bought it in northern Utah, and uh, I heard a couple of your episodes about what to look for in the used truck, and then, uh, you know, 
a couple of the other ones about uh, you know fantasy builds and things like that, and where you go through every year and what, what what's going to work good on those. Those were two of the awesome ones that I I actually listened to on the way to buy the truck, so that I would you know know exactly what to look for when I take it on the on the on the drive, and then I pull off into the you know the Wendy's parking lot and roll underneath it, you know. And uh, so that was awesome. But Zach Davy took an awesome. Uh, uh, did an awesome job taking care of it, but the only thing, the only modification he, he put on it besides the tires and the just leveling it up was uh, he put a K&N filter in the stock. He's got a stock, we've got a stock air intake, but there, there is a K&N filter, and of course, you, you mentioned the, you know, don't go with the oil, the oiled filters. Would you guys recommend ripping that out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Swing by the parts store, rip it out, get yourself a, a even a stock filter or just any cloth, non-oiled filter. It, it does not matter. Right. Um, and then you probably want to just not be a cheap ass and buy yourself a little math cleaner, <clears throat> pop the math out, spray it, let it air dry, put it back in. Cool. Sounds good. Mast cleaner, is that what you said? I guess I'm going to correct Paul once again. Um, if I lost my fucking mind or it has what a mass today? Airflow cr- sensor. Mass it doesn't air have a math sensor. Mass airflow okay. sensor. So the, these trucks work off a map. Map. Where, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I've, I'm sorry, guys. Don't worry, guys. He is still a true professional. He's just, it's an off day. He's, you can still ask for him when you call. He's, he's helping his kids sleep at night. What, what are you doing? No feeding, right? Is that what you're on right it's, now? Yeah. So so we're doing sleep training with the sleep little training. one. Five month sleep old. training. Sleep training. Uh, which is like basically we just lay there and listen to him cry. It's like the world's worst thing on earth. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm on it. I'm so on you it. Blame you're, him. you're forgiven, brother. Yeah, you're I'm forgiven. on it. No, no, no big deal. Yeah, I do this with three hours sleep all the time. Um, okay, so so I think that's pretty much all of the questions and answers we have for Bill today. No matter how many wrong things I said, Chris is eating it up like I cannot believe. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for you, man. <laughs> Dude, it's just, it's one of those. It's like if I don't get home in the next 30 minutes and fall asleep. I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, you yeah. know what? But at any rate, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening in, even through uh, me stumbling and bumbling and Chris helping us out so much. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you, Bill. And thank you, no Bill. <laughs> this has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. Thanks thank for, you listening. for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Okay. Real All-American, four-wheelers <laughs> and everything. Right, it's like, yeah, the the whitest white guy you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I dig it. You wouldn't believe how common of a conversation this is for Chris and I. Um. <laughs> yeah, me and 